Hi, and welcome to Be The Flagship with our podcast host, Jeff Parsons. This is where we tackle the day-to-day talent management challenges you face, particularly in hospice and small healthcare organizations. And now, over to our host. Take it away, Jeff. Thank you. Hey, hello, I'm Jeff Parsons. I'm the host of the podcast, Be The Flagship, episode three, The Leadership Challenge. So why are we focusing on leadership? Well, guess who has the greatest impact on your organization's level of employee engagement, performance, and retention? It's that first-line manager. And during this episode, you may hear the word manager and leader used interchangeably, but they're not the same. Because you're a manager does not make you a leader. You can be a leader and not be a manager. Those, those terms are mutually exclusive. But I will tell you this from firsthand experience. In the eyes of that employee, their direct manager is the company. And their actions and how they treat their employees is perceived as a reflection on your organization and how you feel about employees and how you feel about treatment of your employees. Most employees quit their bosses before they quit their company. It's back. So that's why we're spending time today on leadership, how to take your managers, create leaders, why you should consider doing that, why it's worth the investment, and what the benefits are. So when you hire managers, you need to be thinking, I'm hiring a leader. And you should hire for behaviors before skill set. You should hire for behaviors. You should hire for potential. Do they have the potential to grow with this organization and to drive organizational performance? And can they help us increase the level of employee engagement, performance, and retention? Then hire for experience, but hire for behaviors and for potential first. And how do you achieve hiring success? You assess, you use assessments that will help you better determine their level of decision-making ability, how quickly and how effectively can they solve problems? How do they develop others? And will they be an obstacle to your organizational success or will they help you drive organizational performance? And will they exhibit, demonstrate the behaviors that you tell all your employees are your core values? Will this person come in and be a, re- a true reflection of your organization? The other thing you can do in addition to assessments is utilize behavior-based interviewing techniques. What's behavior-based interviewing? That's asking open-ended questions that allows the candidate to take the time to describe how they solve problems, how they treat people, how they achieve success, and focusing more on the behavioral aspect of that candidate than just check the box, they have a degree, they have five years of experience in this field or that field, but how do they typically behave? Because you can hire the person that has the right credentials and you can hire a person that has the right level of experience, but their behaviors can be out of alignment with what you're striving to do as an organization. So utilize behavior-based interviewing, utilize assessments so that you can make a better hiring decision when it comes to your managers and are those managers truly leaders and what is the development path for that manager to help create stronger leaders. Okay, you've hired this manager, you're hoping that they're a leader at least, 
And now let's talk about developing your managers and creating leaders from bosses. So we're going to talk about some of the fundamental things of leadership and give you some food for thought. I call it the essence of leadership. So question for you. What does it take to be considered a leader? You may think, well, it takes good communication skills. Well, they have to be able to make decisions. Well, they have to manage performance. Well, uh, they have to problem solve. And all those things are true. But before all of that, the, there's only one thing that's required uh, to be considered a leadership, and that's to have followers. Think about it. You may think you're a leader. You may be called a leader. Your title may have leader in it. But if you don't have followers, if you don't have those that group of employees or followers who will charge the hill for you when it's needed, then you're not a leader, you're just a manager. A true test of that is you have a, a, a tough challenge ahead of you, you have a hill to charge, and you go charge and you look behind you, there's no one there, you look in front of you, they're already charging the hill. That's a sign that you're an effective leader. On the other hand, if you yell charge and you look behind you, there's no one there, you look in front of you, there's no one there, I have bad news for you. You're on your own. You're not an effective leader. So keep that in mind. All it takes to become a leader is to have followers. And I can point to uh, historical figures who may have been great figures in history with a positive impact, or they could have been infamous leaders in history. And they all have one thing in common. They had followers, willing followers. Okay, so what does it take to increase the level of followership as a leader? Well, there are two things to think about in terms of power. There's personal power and there's position power. The position power is I'm the boss, and because I'm the boss, you do as I say. And if you don't do as I say, then what happens? I will write you up, I will fire you, I will scream and yell at you, I will embarrass you in front of your peer employees. In other words, you do the things that you need to do if I'm using position power because out of fear and out of threats and out of intimidation. The, the other type of power, personal power, that's more, I will do these things because I respect you. I will do these things because I trust you. I will do these things because I like you. Now, I'm not talking about a popularity contest, but it's, I connect with you is what I mean. Okay, so which of these uh, two types of power do you think is most effective uh, in developing followership? Well, it's the position power because it's based on mutual trust, respect, open communication, all those things that you need to earn. You can't demand them. You have to earn personal power. And I call that concept leadership credibility, right? And so the job of the leader is to increase their level of credibility with their followers. The more credibility they have, then the more followers that they have. They will expand their followership. It doesn't have to be their subordinates. It could be their peers. It could be their bosses. Uh, you know, it, 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 so it doesn't have to be. Uh, just that team of people I'm giving day-to-day -day direction to. And as a leader, when you develop that level of credibility with your followers, you want to protect that. In all of my years of HR, I have seen more managers 
lose their jobs because they lost their credibility. They lost their ability to lead. They lied to an employee and they got caught in the lie. They weren't transparent. They weren't trusted by their employees or by their followers. And so what happened? Their performance dropped off. And who's held accountable for the performance of that group of people? Well, it's that manager or that leader. They're held, well, they should be held accountable. Let's put it that way. They should be held accountable for the performance of their group, right? And so I've seen more leaders, more managers lose their job because they lost the ability to lead. So in my corporate HR days, years, several years ago, I was tasked with creating a global succession planning process and a high potential development process. And in the process of doing this, I uh, took a lot of time to research global leadership competencies and some of the studies that were out there. And it's interesting that the global competencies, regardless of whether you're in Europe, the U.S., uh, other parts of the world, they're pretty similar. And so uh, one study in particular, I do like to use it in my leadership development workshops because it really gets to the essence of leadership. And so this study, what the researchers did, they asked uh, employees across all types of business industries, manufacturing, healthcare, retail, other service, and they asked them one question. And that question was, what key competency do you look for in a leader? What do you look for in a leader? The results were interesting. The results really were, when, when they summarized, were like 20 competencies. Then they took those 20 competencies and they grouped them into four major buckets or four major competencies. And those four major competencies are really interesting. The first, well, I'll talk about all four. And then I'll go to each one. So the four competencies were job competence, honesty, the ability to inspire, and forward-looking. So job competence. What do you think they mean when they say job competence? Well, does it mean the leader has to be an expert in the tasks that need to be uh, completed by their employees or their team? No. But what it does mean is they have to have enough knowledge. They have to have the problem-solving skills. They have to have the decision-making skills so that they can help their employees do what? Solve their problems and provide guidance and training. So job competence was number one. They wanted to feel that their leader knew what they were doing and that they were uh, competent in their job and they could also help the employees solve their problems. The second, again, was honesty. They wanted to feel that their leader was being above board, was being honest with them. The fastest way to lose your ability to lead is for you to be perceived as being dishonest by your employees or your followers. So honesty was uh, number two. Number three, again, ability to inspire. Does this mean you need to be a motivational speaker? No. It reminds me of uh, the old Chris Farley Saturday Night Live routine as a motivational speaker when he runs into the room and he jacks his pants up at the belt and he talks about living in a van down by the river. It's not very motivating uh, as far as his life's concerned. That's not what I'm talking about. So what do I mean? It means that that leader should be perceived by their followers as being inspiring, that 
they can help the team understand why what they do on a daily basis is important and how what they do feeds into the greater good of that organization and why it's important to do quality work. Uh, why it's important to focus on details when, when they do the task. So that's what I mean when I say ability to inspire. The last is forward looking. They wanted their leader to have a vision and have the ability to communicate that vision to the team. Uh, they needed to look beyond today. I, I've met a lot of managers who are micromanagers and they just focus on task. What are the tasks that, to get done today? They want the, the study with, with these employees, they wanted their leader to be able to look beyond today. So what are we doing tomorrow? Why does this matter for next week or next year or whatever? They wanted their leaders to have the ability to look beyond the immediate or today. So those are the four major competencies at a global level. So think about that in relation to your leaders and how do, you measure, how do your leaders measure up to demonstrating uh, these four competencies? Uh, as I mentioned, leadership is seen through the eyes of the follower. It makes no difference what you think. It makes no difference what your title is. It makes no difference what your boss calls you. Leadership is seen through the eyes of your followers. It's based on their perception. So leadership is perception by the followers. And that's why when we do leadership coaching, we utilize a 360 or a multi-source feedback instrument. Why do we do that? Well, we want the leader to assess how they perceive themselves, and then compare that to how their employees perceive them, how their boss perceives them, and maybe how their customers perceive them, and then identify the gaps and then do things to try to address the gaps. Uh, but self-awareness is the first part of that. The leader must be self-aware of how they're perceived by others if there's any chance of them in increasing their leadership skills. Understand that the word leadership does not imply positive leadership or negative leadership. It's just leadership. You can take the same set of leadership competencies and lead a group of people in the right direction, or you can lead that same group of people over a cliff. It's a matter of, do you have followers? Have you earned respect from those followers? It, regardless of whether you have positive intent or negative intent, you can take leadership, leadership and use it for good, or you can use it for evil. Of course, we want to use leadership for good. So you want to hold your leaders accountable for their performance, for their behaviors, and for the performance and behaviors of their team. Okay, I don't know about you, but I am ready for a commercial. So here we go. At Flagship Talent, we work with our clients to find and place the right talent. What do we mean by the right talent? We mean we find talent who will commit to your organizational goals and align with your values and behavior expectations. Talent who will perform to your expectations. Talent who will stay and grow with your organization. How are we different from our competitors? We offer the lowest fee structure in the industry. We offer the best talent guarantee in the industry. We provide selection and interviewing support to our clients at no additional fee. We want to save you money, deliver high-quality talent, become an extension of your organization, and be your preferred provider of talent acquisition solutions. To learn more, contact Jeff Parsons by email at jeff at flagshiptalent.com or by phone at 1-800-530-4189, extension 101.
Okay, we're back. Let's see, where do we leave off? All right, leadership development. How can you develop your leaders? How can you increase the level of leadership within your organization? Uh, and so here are some things to think about, some food for thought, if you will. Well, for new managers, uh, have you thought about a mentorship program where you have other leaders within your organization who demonstrate the right types of leadership competencies, who have the right level of performance, and they're in a position where they can mentor other managers and leaders. It is a win-win if you do because it develops the mentor, it helps them increase their uh, mentoring skills, their communication skills, uh, their employee relationship skills, so it's a positive for the mentor. It also helps the person being mentored in that they have a role model, an example to follow within that organization. It's especially effective with newer employees or you know, with less time in the workforce uh, because they see a path to development. They see a path to growth. And so having a mentorship program within your organization could be very helpful. The thing you want from the mentor, again, is do they demonstrate the right behaviors? You don't want to place a new hire with the wrong person, right? You don't want the new hire to pick up bad habits. So you want to make sure you pair them with the right mentor and that you provide the mentor some training on how to mentor others and, and how to develop others. So mentorship program can be really good, very effective for your newer managers and, and leaders. For your more experienced or struggling managers, those who are in the ditch, if you will, uh, leadership coaching can be an effective tool. Uh, and you can use external resources to provide that coaching, uh, such as flagship talent, or you could use internal resources. You could develop internal coaches and provide them training so that they could coach others and, and perhaps use the same assessments to help those new managers, those struggling managers, you know, those who are more experienced but need a little more direction, you can provide them coaching if you have the right talent within your organization to coach others. You can also provide special projects. Give them an opportunity to show what they can do outside the scope of their daily work. You can provide interim assignments. Well, this, this person in a little higher level position is taking a two-week vacation. Well, let's let this person fill in as an interim, right? What will happen as, as a part of that? Well, they'll learn what it takes to be at that next level. They'll begin to develop some enhanced leadership skills or problem-solving skills, decision-making skills. They will understand or have a greater awareness of their resources uh, and, and what it takes to be successful at that higher level. So interim assignments can be very beneficial in developing leaders. You know, the interesting thing, thing, thing to think about is that effective leaders don't develop followers. Effective leaders develop future leaders. And so again, that's why we go back to mentors and coaching and why that's so important internally, because what you're doing, you're developing your internal talent to develop future leaders, not just followers. Uh, again, I mentioned special projects, I mentioned internal uh, interim assignments, 
succession planning is a key tool you can use within your organization to develop the level of leaders. And what is succession planning? Well, that's creating a pipeline of talent within your organization. It's identifying who you're high, it's identifying your most critical roles, first of all, and then it's identifying your high potentials within your organization. Who could potentially succeed into these higher level ro roles? And are they ready today? Uh, are they ready in uh, one year? Are they ready in one to three years or three plus years? So how long will it take them to develop to the point of where they can succeed these more critical roles? And then what is the path for development to get them there? And then what are you doing to communicate with those high potentials that, hey, we consider you a high potential. Let's work together on a career development plan to get you from point A to point B. How many times have you interviewed someone who's applied for an internal role, they're internal and they've applied for a promotion, but they weren't ready yet? And you had that discussion, and, well, I hope you had that discussion, and in that discussion, you let them know that they are not ready yet. And perhaps you even brought someone from the outside in, right? And you haven't worked with that internal employee to make sure that they understand what it's going to take to get them from point A to point B. Is it a skill set they need to learn? Are there different behavior, behaviors they need to demonstrate? Where are the gaps? And where what are you going to do as an organization to help them get from point A to point B? The organization should be seen as a facilitator of development, not an obstacle. If that manager or leader sees the organization as getting in their way of development, they will leave. Right? You want to be perceived as a facilitator. Here's your plan, and this is what we're going to do to get you to where you need to be so that the next time this opportunity is available, you'll be ready to move into that role. So succession planning is just so important. And what you want to do is also transition to a performance from a performance management mindset to a performance development mindset. Have performance development discussions with your employees uh, on at least an annual basis of, and hopefully more frequently than that instead of the performance management. You know, performance management, though, carrot and stick. Uh, they do well, you know, you keep the carrot just in front of them enough so they keep going in the right direction. But that's performance management. They do well, you know, you, you give them a, a, a good rating. No man, I've never, in all my years of developing leaders, I've never had anyone raise their hand and say, yeah, I love to do performance management reviews. No one likes to do them. Why? Because it's painful, right? It's painful to have to look that employee in the eye and, and deliver what the manager perceives as bad news, right? Well, how's this going to affect their morale? How's this going to affect their performance? Is it going to make things worse or better? If you transition to more of a performance development discussion, you still focus on those areas that are in need of work, but you do so with a different mindset. You do so with a different approach. You focus on their strengths instead of their, their weaknesses, and you help them understand as a performance development process you help them understand what they need to do differently uh, to be promoted, to get, you know, to continue to grow within their own position, whatever. The last thing I'll add about succession planning is communicate. A lot of organizations, you know, if I ask the question, do you do succession planning? Oh, yeah, we do that once a year. We get all of our, our uh, C-suite people together. We get in a room. And then we talk about people, right? And we say, okay, this person can move into this role, that person can move into that role, and we never talk to those people. 
Right. And we never have that discussion with that that potential successor on, hey, we've, we're talking about you. We've identified you as someone who has potential to grow. Do you think that brings benefit to your organization? Oh, yeah. That person then has something to look forward to, right? This organization wants to develop me. This organization wants me to stay and wants me to grow within the organization. Some people don't, some organizations don't communicate because they're afraid of it. They're afraid that if I talk to Jeff about being high potential, what about Jane? You know, Jane's working with Jeff. Well, okay, you're high potential, but I'm not. Well, that's a healthy discussion I have with Jane, right? You know, why why I'm not I why am I not being I'm getting tongue tied, I'm getting so excited. Why am I not being considered as a high potential? Well, Jane, it's because of this, right? And you focus on the skill set that Jane's lacking, you'll focus on the behaviors that Jane's lacking. And if nothing else, it will provide her some guidance on what she needs to do differently to be considered a high potential. So succession planning is a communication process. It's not a once a year, then we'll put the, the book back on the shelf to collect dust for another 12 months. No, it should be a robust, ongoing process, much more focused on performance development than performance management. All right, it's time for some humor, the uh, moment of comedy, if you will, because I know you all need a laugh at the beginning of the week, and you have the week in front of you, and you could all use a laugh. And so, so, um, so here's a story for you. So this man owned a parrot. This parrot was really smart, and they had taught this parrot how to talk. And uh, the the owners of the parrot worked during the day, and so the parrot was at home alone during the day. And they had taught the parrot to say, who is it, when they hear someone at the front door. And so one day, this plumber, they, they, the plumber was scheduled to be there to, to perform some work. The plumber showed up at the front door, rang the doorbell. He heard the parrot say, who is it? He didn't know it was a parrot, obviously, but he, who is it? The guy said, it's a plumber. And the parrot said, who is it? A second time, he said, and the guy spoke louder. It's the plumber. And then the parrot said a third time, who is it? It really upset the plumber. He got really red in the face. And he said, it's the plumber. And then his blood pressure spiked and he fainted right there in, in, in front of the front door. And just a few minutes later, while the plumber still laid out at the front door, the owners of the home walk up to the front door and they look down and they didn't know who this person was. So they asked the question, well, who is this? And the parents said, it's the plumber. <laughs> so anyway, uh, enough humor uh, today. So what is a leader? A leader is a point of connection between your organization and your employees. That level of connection is critical to employee engagement, performance, and retention. The essence of leadership is credibility. How much credibility does your leadership team have with your employees? Do they earn the trust of their employees? Do their employees look at them in a positive sense as a reflection of your organization? That's the essence of leadership. And the true test of a leader, if there's a 
a hill to charge. You think about the challenges within your organization and the hills within your organization that need to be charged. If you're a leader and you yell, charge, and you look behind you, they're not behind you, but you look in front of you, they're already charging that hill. I have great news for you. You're a leader, a good leader, an effective leader. On the other hand, if you yell charge and you look behind you and you look in front of you and there's no one there, you're on your own. You're not an effective leader. And in fact, you know, in some wars, leaders get shot, you know, and it's called friendly fire because their team, their followers are are not willing to charge the hill for them, right? You want leaders who have credibility with your employees and that leadership credibility is a precious jewel that should be maintained it takes a lot of hard work but keep in mind that leader is the connection between your employee and your organization treat it very seriously that's my challenge for you today what are you going to do differently tomorrow than you did yesterday to increase the effectiveness of your leaders so that they connect with their employees one heart at a time. It's been great spending time with you today. I look forward to our next episodes. The next episode is on succession planning and some thoughts around how to do that well. Uh, and then beyond that, the the, the uh, episode five is on performance to purpose, you know, as it relates to not-for-profits and even for-profit hospice and small health care. How do you link purpose, uh, the purpose you have within your community, within your uh, within your marketplace to performance, revenue generation, profit, that sort of thing. So I'm excited about those next two episodes. Stay tuned. If you like it, subscribe. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be the Flagship with Jeff Parsons. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did like it, please subscribe and share with others. Until next time, take the step to become the flagship in your marketplace.